Welcome to the Legendary Upside Podcast. My name is Pat Crane. You can follow up my content at legendaryupside.com. With me today, Liam Murphy at Chess Liam of Chaos Surfing. Liam, how's it going? What's going on? I don't even know if I am of Chaos Surfing. I haven't made a site yet. Just had an Apple podcast. Didn't update that since last Wednesday. Got a, got a couple on the backlog there, but... Happy to be here, Pat. Always like jo- uh, joining you and talking fantasy football and best ball with you. How you been, man? I've been good. Yeah. Um, I've been writing a little bit, which is always nice. I'm always happy when I can uh, get some writing done. And uh, we'll have an article out that won't be out by the time you listen to this, but will be out early tomorrow morning uh, with the premium podcast feed edition as well, if you prefer to listen to it. Um, I do want to say just kind of housekeeping note, I've gotten some emails from people asking their their subscribers saying, Hey, can you send me the premium podcast link? Um, check to see if you got an email from transistor.fm. If you have been looking to set that up, if you didn't email me, I can very quickly send out another one. So that's supposed to happen automatically. I did for some people for whatever reason has not. Uh, so if you don't see the email, uh, make sure that you ask me for that email. If you haven't signed up for Legendary Upside, uh, that is one of the perks. You can do that for $69 at legendaryupside.com slash early. So getting the plug in right at the top of the pod this week. But let's let's dive into a conversation here, Liam, about DraftKings. I wanted to talk about some of these new tournaments that have launched. We have Best Ball Mania. Best Ball Mania is a very unique tournament right now. It's got this double payout structure. Underdogs decided to... um, you know, award a lot more to the regular season, third of the prize pool going to the regular season. It's a very top heavy payout structure in week 17, 3 million to first down to 300,000 by the time you get to third. Um, I think that really kind of sets us up for wanting to play the tournament in certain ways, but that's not our only option this summer. We can also look at some other tournaments that have got a variety of entry points. Um, you know, your puppy on underdog is going to be probably about the smallest that you'll see, but even on DraftKings, you do have a $3, uh, 20 max. You've got a $4 single entry. There's a $10 uh, tournament with with a big final week that's got, uh, I believe, a million-dollar first-place prize. But they also launched a $44 that you can max at $150, a number of other single entry or three max tournaments, um, and some higher-stakes stuff, including a 555 uh, with 150 max, which... It feels a little, that feels a lot, even for me coming up, uh, you know, with the tax liability, uh, you know, that you can write that down. Like, I don't know if I want to max 150 at 555, but you can if you want on DraftKings. So I want to get into the the DraftKings tournaments because I know you're playing a ton on these last year, playing a ton on them now, and uh, and won two of these tournaments last year. Yeah, and I really, you know, DraftKings did similar things last year. I think this year they've got a little bit more variety, but... Last year, I really only did the $5 Millimaker. They, they seem to just pick a number between $25 and $5 and make that their Millimaker in a given year. No real rhyme or reason. It's $10 this year. Um, and then I was on the 555 and the 2K. But I wasn't doing... It's just a lot of drafts for someone who's maxing drafters and underdog and DraftKings. And you know I go to Vegas for part of the summer, so I can't draft then. Um, so I don't know... Like I don't think I'll be like maxing the three dollar and maxing the maxing the fifteen dollar and maxing this forty four dollar, but uh, who knows? You know, possible I sell action and just be like, you know what? 
I'll sit there for a day and just rip a ton of teams. It's pretty like auto for me on DraftKings somewhat. Um, but it's a different, it's a different world on DraftKings. I also think it's a little bit of a different world right now on DraftKings than we've ever seen before. Um, in that doesn't feel like a ton of casuals over there. I've I've been doing some five five fives when they uh launch off. I've done like 10 to 12 of the $10 and you know, there are, there are way different things, but also there, it just seems like more of a plugged in uh, player pool at this point in the season. That, I mean, that's to be expected. I think if, if you're drafting on DraftKings, you know, you can expect some more casual drafters there who aren't maybe at least maybe I maybe mean, casual is the wrong word, but it's not going to be as heavily, not a grinder. From- well, grinder, but maybe it's just not like the same exact bubble. It's probably not people in our sort of Twitter bubbles to the same extent. There's going to be some people, but, you know, there's like the high volume FFPC drafters generally, especially like, you know, three or four years ago in particular, think about fantasy football fairly differently than the way you and I tend to. But they still grind. You know, they're still they're still putting in the work year round. So it's just it's like a different there's some sort of different philosophical leanings, I think, over on DraftKings compared to Underdog. Even though DraftKings is a PPR site, it tends to be a little less wide receiver heavy. Um, it tends to be even more quarterback heavy, which is both of those are the opposite of what you would expect given the um, the way the scoring works, right? Because in half PPR, quarterback has a chance to be a bigger portion of your overall points even though you do have bonuses and stuff uh, on DraftKings, it's still kind of interesting that actually quarterback is, you can get locked out of quarterback at, on DraftKings in a way that you can't. Uh, yeah, even in really. a five-five-five, um, especially if you're in there with an auto drafter, for those who don't know, you know, there's some like inside baseball, you just kind of need to know about the sites and inside baseball, auto drafters on DraftKings get four quarterbacks, period. Um, so you're in there with three auto drafters, that could be 12 quarterbacks, and those quarterbacks could be Josh Allen, Justin Fields, Joe Burrow, all on the same team, and Deshaun Watson. It's like now there's four quarterbacks that people actually feel comfortable about, comfortable about too. Like I was in the 5-5-5. I kind of got locked. I you know, I kind of gambled, was hoping I could get like a Sam Howell as a third or Will Levis, and even they got sniped by me. And so I ended up with Daniel Jones and C.J. Stroud. And can that still work in a small field? Yeah, but it's like, man, really wish I got a third there. And you're right. It is easy to get locked at quarterback. Ultimately, we need to adjust the site. Like, I think some years I was like too stubborn and I was like, no, the quarterbacks are wrongly priced. Like, I'm going to I'm going to get them where I want them. And it's like, no, if you're going to get locked out, you got to get them. And I also think it makes elite quarterback a little bit more viable on DraftKings, because if every quarterback's more expensive, why not lock? Might as well get the elite. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. And. One, you know, one of the tournaments on DraftKings uh, has about the biggest final that of anything I'll probably play in this year. The ten dollar million to first, um, the week seventeen final is fourteen hundred. Yeah, um, really? yeah. I mean, that's how that's outrageous. Like, like to me, like that's that's not. You know, I think it's so hard to win that because I don't know. It it feels it, it is easier to reach a final. Than do well in it and when the final gets too big it's like 
if you even make week 17, you know, I said this on another pod, it's like, are you even telling your friends that you have a sweat for a Millie? Because like, do you? Just do you? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you're, you're, you're like 1 in 1,400. Yeah, 1,364. So it, it's 1,400. Um, I do think, so when you think about DFS, right? If you had, a, let's say, a 50-team field, you could uh, probably win without having one of the elite quarterbacks. You know, because you might like one, your quarterback could end up scoring like not that many points and you'd still be fine. Right. So, but once you get up and then it kind of goes the same way again, like once you get up to like Millie maker stuff, if you can find a quarterback who goes off for an amazing week at, at super low cost, or maybe not super low, but not an elite quarterback cost, then that's going to be a huge edge. And there's so many teams in the field that maybe someone, happens to have that guy with the right combos but this actually still is it's not exactly like a small field but i would say it's like a medium field this is smaller than the smaller spy which is a hundred dollar single entry tournament on DraftKings. generally talked about like you know i play the spy pete Overzet plays the spy like those aren't lotteries on in dfs and in fact the bigger of the two spies i think is like 5555 the smaller is in the 2000 range so this is still smaller than that. And my thinking is you're probably going to want an elite quarterback. One of the elite quarterbacks is going off in a big tournament. Like it, there's going to be enough teams in this tournament where someone's going to have a ton of points at quarterback and the right guys with him. Yeah, and I mean that the- that always makes sense in theory for me for any site, any final size, but – can Daniel Jones drop 30? Can Tom Brady drop 30 in a week? Yes. It, For sure. You know? Yeah. And, and I think this is an interesting year at quarterback specifically because the late round guys aren't all Mac Jones. Some of them have some rushing ability. It's just uncertainty of who is playing, you know, with some of right. these guys. Like, is it Brissett or is it Sam Howell? If, you know, Sam Howell could be 85% Justin Fields or something, you know, a poor man's version with better pass weapons. So like, like there, I, there's guys like that. Trey Lance, we don't know if he's going to play. Uh, obviously yeah. Richardson, more expensive. Um, w- you know, Will Levis. Does Will Levis run? I don't really know. He's a big dude. Like, you He'll get him out there. I don't think he's a good enough passer not to run at all. And so maybe their, their passing weapons are so bad he has to, like, do a bunch of eight-yard runs. Right, right. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Yeah, I've not been particularly high on Howell, but I took him in one of these, uh, the one of the $10, because I got, like you were describing, getting locked out. I got locked out, and I was just like, I guess I'm drafting Howell as my quarterback three, because it's it's getting real gross. I think I had, like, Bryce Young. Bryce Young was my best court. I think I had Bryce Young, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Sam Howell. <laughs> so it's well, and, like, and I like Howell the most from an upside. Like, if I know all three of them are playing in a game, it's, sure. it's probably, I'd take Howell, Howell right? Obviously. Yeah. He'd be, like, the chalk quarterback on DK that week at like 5k who's like going to give you 20. And And that's where I, one of the things maybe to think about with, with DK is we get, you know, a final size that's uh, like three times as big as the best ball mania final this year. Uh, Thinking more about like the weekly payoff on some of those quarterbacks. So I don't like taking Sam Howell and Trey Lance and stuff. Cause I'm like, I'm probably not advancing these guys anyway. Like the, who knows how many starts I'm even getting from either of these guys, and what's my payoff really? 
And well, at least on DraftKings with 20 rounds and the big field size, it's like, well, the payoff could actually be pretty big because you, you have this low-owned guy um, and you just happen to have the right combos in a big field. But everyone's get, like, these guys get drafted, right? So it's not, it's not like they're... That's true, that's true. Uh, but I mean, low-owned in the sense they're... that, like, I think that you're not going to... Well, I guess it's possible, but it's not particularly likely that Howell and Lance a... are in the finals at a high rate season yeah yeah and and i don't know like ultimately with like the ten dollar like i think we need to separate these tournaments like the ten dollar yeah. dk millimaker i don't waste my time thinking about too much i draft my teams At, the truth is everyone who goes from like underdog to DraftKings, for example feels like they're making super teams and i've made this point a lot where if everyone feels like you're making a super team a you're not and b if it requires you to enter a draft where you land with the dude who takes Brian Hoyer in round one and the dude who takes Tom Brady in round one, AKA what that really means is like getting unique combos of first, second and third round players. And, and they score well in week 17. If that's what it takes to win, you can't really plan for that other than like drafting later in the year, maybe later at night. And so versus a site like underdog, which some people think it's like, oh, there's sharper drafters there. It's harder to win. It's like, yeah, maybe not because at least you don't, you don't have to plan for something you can't plan for, right? In the ten dollar millimaker. So like, yeah, draft your teams. I think what we're saying is, is edges to think about. But I, I don't really know how to optimize for the ten dollar DK millimaker. I mean, the, the and the team that won it last year was so bad. Um, not that that's predictive at all. And it was all- interesting. Yeah. It didn't really, it had a Russell Wilson single stack and then the Eagles stacked without the quarterback, which it, it, which it is pro- kind of interesting. It clearly like barely limped into the finals. Yeah. It was, it was know? not a well-constructed team. It's not a team I would recommend taking a ton of lessons. From. No. And I mean, it, it's not crazy that a bad team makes the finals because it's best of 12, best of 12. Right. So in the first right. round, uh, this in the quarterfinals, you you could be with a bunch of dead teams, right? And then the semifinals, maybe you just get like the work. There's like a group that just has all bad teams in it, and you just get stuck with a bunch of those guys. And now you're in the final, and it's like wheels up, let's go. And then it's like, yeah, okay, then, it's then really we like wheels up, let's go. Then it then it's like okay, then what we're saying is important. Like yes, you want to court, you know, the week seventeen correlation, and just really it's. I don't, the final size is just so outrageous. It's like, just for anyone who's unfamiliar, I won, I think, around 160 uh, person final for a million dollars. And that felt big. Like, bef- like going into yeah. the weekend, yeah. it was like, this would be cool, but like, it's probably not happening. Right? Right. Ten, ten times the size almost. Nearly. Well, even, even four times the size. I was on your show. Yeah. The week before uh best ball mania three and i was like i mean it's nice that i have this ticket but yeah you you want around 400 450 people yeah and now i so i don't know it's like i'm not a bit i would have rather seen something like 16 people advance or one one out of 16 one out of 16 and then a manageable final size but that's just me because like I think the act of thinking through how do we make the finals, you know, 
it is just easy is easier and it, and it feels like it just doesn't feel as live when you make it there but hey right. if i can take if if i or anyone can take down a 1400 person week 17 final uh on DraftKings for ten dollars let's go you know well let's talk the 44 dollar tournament then because sure. that one is a 30 seat final and That's this awesome. is kind of a yeah and this is like a nice um you know it's almost twice as much as the BBM ticket, but it's not like, you know, it's some of these, even the 250 or whatever, like, or the FFPC ones that are 125, you know, um, or DraftKings has a hundred dollar three max. $44 is like, you could still rip off a fair amount. Maybe you're not maxing, but you can still get down like a portfolio. Yeah. Um, and, and, and people like looking to do a hundred dollars in the best ball. This is probably a great tournament to do your four teams in for the year or whatever, you know, three to four teams. Because, you know, I think what DraftKings is doing well is a they're giving us a lot of variety. If these tournaments fill, there's gonna be more. They're just gonna mm-hmm. they're just gonna they they have a bigger client base, right? And then their payouts are a lot more flatter. Like in that forty four dollar, two hundred K to first, a hundred K to second you know, roughly like 25K increments to 10K increments down, you get 2,500 bucks if you make it to the finals. It's like, that's that's pretty nice. You get more for making the $44 final than you do Best Ball Mania 4, I believe. Like, isn't that like a 1K min cash or something? Uh, I think it might be a 1K. I yeah, so it... It seems like they they are making their tournaments a little bit more flatter in payouts. In some ways, like I don't know, it's hard to think about their ten dollar tournament because the final size is just so big. But I'm a I'm a fan of what they're doing, and I think it's good for the best ball space to have more websites really see more tournaments. And I, I don't know, like I, I put a tweet out there that there is one year in best ball, could be this year, could be whatever, but there could be significant overlays in many tournaments just to due to all the sites competing. So it's like could be a golden year from the consumer side where it's like, wow, I got all these like overlay tournaments um, and it shouldn't really hurt growth too much, even if they don't fill because it's going to get bigger, you know, like, right, right. They, 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 they're okay eating some overlay. Yeah. I mean, best ball mania one had overlay. Uh, I was listening to Rudman on, I believe the take casts uh, talking about that, which I had forgotten, but they, they were like new, at the time that it would. And that was like part of the, the overall strategy. So that's what drafters does too. drafters overlaid last year. I talked to the, to the guy who runs the site said, I th- he said, he thinks he's lucky if he gets to 70%. That's the plan. Okay. Well, that's uh that's a reason to be playing on drafters. Maybe we can, let's circle back to drafters. Uh, if we have time at the end, uh, sure, yeah. that's, that's pretty interesting. So if you're, you're looking at some of these tournaments um, and let's say you're not gonna, let's say, you were going to max BBM, you know, so you're going to get like roughly $4,000 down on best ball this year. Um, Which what, what percent do we think does that? Like I I would guess that's like 1% of the field. Yeah, maybe. So maybe let's take that down. Let's say you're going to do a thousand dollars on best ball this year. Even that like, like five, you know, 500 is probably like for a lot of people, like a pretty, I I have no gauge. Like let's say a thousand so that we can, because it's nice, nice and round, it can, okay. we can we can move it up and we can move it down very easily, okay. um, and it also we can it's easy to do percentages of because it's uh, divisible by hundred. 
or whatever. Um, so your math. yeah, math. Let's let's set ourselves up for some easy math. If you've got a thousand dollar bankroll, then like what of these DraftKings tournaments are jumping out to you? Because there are some interesting options. Like there's a 250k, sorry, 250 uh, dollar uh, with 250k prize pool uh, tournament. That is a single entry. So it's two hundred fifty dollars to entry. Enter. It is a single entry tournament. It pays fifty thousand dollars up top, thirty five thousand a second, two thousand dollars to the last place finisher in the final, which is tenth place. It's only a ten seat final. It's a top two advance out of twelve, top two advance out of six, top one advances out of six. So this is a much more forgiving advance rate structure. You've talked about some of how like these these forgiving advance rates can set up the casual player for some pain because maybe they're going up against a bunch of like maybe the final seat contains several tickets from you know a few different sharps. But this isn't gonna be that. It's a single entry. So and like with this and be, it's ten people in the final. So it's ten people in the final. So like if you had a thousand dollars to spend on best ball this year, would you be looking to to burn as much, you know, as a quarter Are of we... on one tournament? Are we just talking about DraftKings allocation? No, you've got a thousand bucks to spend on best ball, period. So I think this comes down to, and I kind of put a thread out on like contest selection with the idea. It, this comes down to like, what do you want out of best ball? And, and, it's, and it's good for people to be honest with themselves, right? Uh, a, obviously anyone can win anything, even if you're in it for mostly entertainment. And what do I mean by entertainment? It's like you enjoy, you watch football almost every Sunday maybe Monday nights too, maybe Thursday nights. And you like, and you know, you're, you know, DFS isn't good for you. Maybe you have bad impulse control or whatever. And like, you've just lost at DFS. It's raked too quickly. Just do, maybe you're just onto that. So what you like to do is you like to watch the games. You like to pull up your best ball teams and you like to get a sweat and you need to decide what's your strategy. Do you want to do a lot of lottery teams and have a lot of teams to sweat and your risk of ruin, AKA the chance you get no, money back is pretty low, but your chance of getting a positive ROI. If you do a lot of these lotteries, the $10 DraftKings one, the best ball mania four is also not so great, right? Like it, it's just mathematically hard to turn an expectation, even if you are plus a theoretically plus EV drafter. So if you're looking for that, I would stick to the lotteries, right? If your goal is like, no, I want to, I want to turn a thousand dollars into 2000 or a thousand dollars into 5,000. You think you're a good drafter. It's like, yeah, I would shot take some of these tournaments. I would still do, you know, maybe a thousand dollars. Let's do four best ball mania fours. Let's do 10 DraftKings $10. So we got $200 allocated to those. So we still have a sweat, right? Or if you, if you like really enjoy drafting, right? Maybe you do more puppies. Like, like you, you like to fire up a Pete Overzet stream or Pat stream or me stream or whoever out there. And you like to draft along, but the, whatever tournament we're drafting is too much. So just enter a puppy draft along, listen, you know, you're, you're doing multi there. Um, but yeah, I would consider like these, these $250 single entry, I think is a great one that I would fire at and just be like, if I make the finals, I know I'm getting, um, you can't see this on the phone, so I got to pull this up. If you're able you to make, make the finals, the final, you get $2,000. $2,000, so almost 10x. You got a chance at 50K, which is like 
for almost everyone playing best ball out there is like a really great year. Like that's like a year salary basically right there. Um, if you I finish would... fourth to sixth in the semifinals, then, uh, and again, these are 16 pods, you get $600. Um, also great, right? Like also that's like, pretty great. Yeah. That, that keeps you afloat for the next year. Just like keep that on the account and do it next year. I, you and know, to make and the I would... semifinals again, you had to finish top two in a 12 team league and then top two in a, um, in a six person pod. So it's actually, uh, or no, I guess, no, sorry. Yeah, no, to get to the semifinals, you had just have to finish top two in a six person pod. Uh, so it's not like that hard to make no, it, the semifinals. And then if you finish last in that semifinals, you still get 600. Basically, Even if you, you have finish, tw- you, ahead, you have twice the, the odds of advancing out of the quarterfinals than you do out of the regular season, right? Because regular seasons, it's going to be more variant because it's just that one, one out of week. six. Yeah. But yeah, you, but like just, you no, could, just pure math and not, and not taking right, into account how right. good the teams are. How you're good playing. the team is. Yeah, because it, one theory is you're you're facing a lot of super teams. Obviously, they advanced, but you're also going to be facing some teams with some dead roster spots. Um, so it's like, what what are you searching for? Do you want more uh, gentle advance? Do you want more like h- harsh ad- advance rates where it's like one out of forty advance? You know, do you are you okay with huge final sizes? Are you uh, is just getting to the final like what you feel good about, and then you don't really then it's like you you just leave is it up the to top the prize that you're shooting for uh, because this, that, this one yes it pays out fifty k which is awesome but it's not three million it's not one million no and, and like underdog for example though like their tournament would be like top some of their high stake stuff is four out of twelve advance so you're you're more likely to make money right any money so you're gonna you're gonna make like i don't know barely any money when you're four out of 12 and then it's something like four out of 12 advanced to the you know it's these and then it's like a hundred person final with 100k up top uh, for like a high stakes buy-in and it's like the problem with that is if you're do- only doing a couple entries is you think like oh i'm gonna make more money more often because of this but the chance that me if I max that tournament and I have like, it, how are you going to feel if you see 30 chess Liam teams in the week 17 final out of the hundred entrants or 30 Peter Jennings teams, or if like 30 Pat teams, like, are you going to be like, what the hell? Like, you know, because that's right. far more likely on a site like underdog than on a site like DraftKings. Although it can, it can happen in DraftKings small field too, obviously not a single entry where if someone has a narrow player pool and they just hit the nuts, like the, the year before I won, I believe one dude had like four entrants in the five, five, five finals for 250 K out of like 12 or something. Right. Like he obviously he had a narrow player pool, hit it and, you know, got a great ROI just because he got a bunch of teams to the finals. He he didn't win. He got like second, third and fifth and sixth or something like that. Um, But obviously a great effing year, right? Still a good year. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, uh, not financial advice. You do whatever you want with your, no, none of this is financial advice. Obviously, do what you want and and know yourself. Like some yeah. people, when they open the draft waters, are like physically not going to be able to to slow, right? So it's like okay, find the cheapest, smallest tournaments. Then find a way to space it out. Find a way to do something else. Find a way to just chill. You know, 
Let uh, me just get a sense of like your mindset on this stuff. Let's say I say, Liam, look, um, I'm going to, I'm going to open this up. It's now two max. This $250 that we cover. It's now two max. And you can either get two tickets for that or one five, 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 which pays out, uh, which is a 29 person final pays out a million to first 150,750 to second hundred thousand to third. Uh, that's $10,000 minimum. If you make the final, uh, it is harder to make the final. It's uh, two of 12, one of six, then only one of five. So the semifinals are easier, but the uh, it's twice as hard to get there uh, in week 15 than a 29-seat final round. Does that appeal to you more? It sounds like not. It sounds like you prefer the flatter um, kind of final, although this is these are similar finals. Number of people I mean, are final, you talking so. about me specifically? Like... Yeah, would you I'm rather gonna... two shots at a at a kind of like medium tournament or or one shot at a giant payday tournament? I think in a year, you know, because I have 300k in earnings for best ball this year. So, right. not you, not you, yeah. not Liam's. I'm, sure. This is a different for, for the average person. I think they should they should do the 250 dollar one, and you're just gonna rather than the five five five, just because the five 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 this year is very outrageously top heavy. I think it's like pretty much a, a marketing expense for high stakes users where I don't know, there's 5.2 K entrance. I would guess 3,800 entrance would be like a good number. And, you know, if also, if you get that mill, we have to mention that uh, any million dollar prize on DraftKings also gives you that tournament of champions ticket. I think it's valued roughly like 30k or something like that. That's a nice little bonus, man, where you can win another mill with your right, right. tournaments of champion ticket. So it's like, uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna be firing at the. You five, said five, 250, five. but your eyes say the five. You're, you're doing well, the you five, know five, me. Five. I like. I am a dreamer, Pat. Like I've played <laughs> yeah. million makers all my life. That is what I am, right? Like I, yeah. I'm okay with that. But also, you know, like many times in my life, 50k would have been. I viewed 50K and like a million as like similar things, which is like, A, it's just winning, right? It's just like you're right, winning right. a lot of money, right? And it's like, and you know, you win 50K, you can play best ball the rest of your life if you do it right. You know, obviously if you take that money and take care of bills and stuff, then you then you can't, which you should. But um, I don't know. Like I, I like the top heavy prizes, um, just trying to hit that bullseye. But, uh, and, and it lets you kind of like maybe build to my strengths too, where it's like, you can, you can do some weird shit and it's like, mm, it's not actually that bad because second place is, is losing, you know? Um, right. like, and you know, just for people like a million dollars to first 150 K to second, almost 10, you know, 10% of what first, like that's just outrageous for a, uh, any tournament. You know, it it is outrageous, and it's and it's skill. particularly jarring in the one of the high stakes tournaments, which you think would maybe kind of be flatter, but it's well, actually. It, so last more... year was it was two hundred fifty k, one hundred twenty five k to second. I think like seventy k to third. So th mm. so they're mm. cutting it by fifty percent this year. They cut. They're kind of doing that too, where, but they're just doing it from second place down, right? right? right. So like the. 
the first prize is just like, look, here's a mill high stakes. And, you know, like I would rather do something like the 555 than the FFPC main event, which has higher rake. And you have to manage the teams. Like, would you want to do four? Would you like to do five, four five 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 entrants or one main event? That also depends on a camaraderie thing, working with right. someone else. If you're splitting the team, versus do you do you like the the idea of managing setting waivers every Wednesday night? Uh, is that enjoyable to you or not? Well, or it can be an edge as well, you know. So it, you got to think: is, is that it an something? Edge of yours? Is it a pain point or is it an edge? So it's both. It's both. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know. What, what are what are you thinking about? I mean, what what do you think the? I I think most people, you know, like I just wish we could get numbers from a site like Underdog. I understand why they don't want to release them. It's probably mostly for like competitor reasons, nothing and investor reasons, nothing to do with protecting consumer information. But like. I don't know. I w- it wouldn't be surprising if like 90% do $300 and below in best ball in a year. And then 10%, but I, I don't know, like in the Twitter bubble, it seems like a lot of these guys are like maxing these puppies, which is that's $750, right? So. Um, well, I'd also say like, it is still May, you know? And so if you're listening to this, like, I think you're probably more likely to, be you know not just kind of firing a few teams as an afterthought you know and i think that there is a big portion of people playing best ball that will do that but they'll probably do it at the same time they're drafting their home leagues you know they'll probably do it more in august and september um and yeah i mean it doesn't but i think what's what's nice about best ball right now is that like there do seem to be a lot of offerings really doesn't matter kind of what your bankroll is. You can find something that's going to match with that pretty nicely. And then also what I like about uh, some of these different payouts is that like, if you have enough where you're going to do like not max, but do a handful of something in the 25 to $50 entry range, you can either go over to BBM, which is like a big time lotto, 3 million at first drops to 300,000 by, by third. Um, it's not, it's a spot where you're playing for first, you're playing for first. If you're in this four, four, uh, in this $44 tournament, you know, it's almost twice as much an entry, but at least like you can, you can look at taking down something with an okay, you know, $200,000 payout that, um, you know, drops to 75,000 by third min 2,500. So yeah, and I checked the BBM four as min uh, one thousand. So there, there are kind of the, what what's your the, bankroll? You can dial up and down, but you can also dial up and down what your your goal and expectation and and the type of sweat you want to be going for. So the first year I played best ball, um, I, I was a teacher at the time, and that you know this was during COVID, and then I was also working i i you know once COVID hit and like they i was a chess teacher they pretty much canceled chess i was like calling on kids math homework so i started to do some remote work for chess.com at the same time and i you know it was like 10.99 work i was a contractor so i don't know maybe i made like 5k 
between like you know like seventy five hundred with all the chess.com work. And what did I do? I when I moved back to St. Pete, I put that pretty much all into best ball because I discovered best ball. And at the time I remember thinking, I was like, man, everyone's probably like so good. Like, like they're probably like all these like big sharks in the water. So I remember I got in a lobby with like Peter Jennings and like, I still have it in my Excel sheet, like comparing my team drafted to CSU Ram 88, who I didn't even really like know at the time, but you know, anyways, what did I do that year? DraftKings had different tournaments. I think I did 40 in their $20 or $10 millimaker. So so between like 800 to 400 bucks there, I did $2000 worth in their 333, so around eight entrants in their 333, and I did two entrants in their 1k's. They had a, they had a 1k back then, and I ended up making the finals or the playoffs in all both of my 1k's, which was like big for me. Right. And then also in um, like five out of eight of the three, three, threes. And, but you know, I didn't make any, I don't know if I even made a semifinals or didn't make a finals or anything that year, but that's roughly what I did. But I had that extra income. I didn't have a family. So I was able, but that's how I budgeted. I did like, I didn't max the Millie maker. I didn't, um, I, you know, I shot, took the one K I shot, took the three, three, three and like, yeah. You, yeah. you know, and so like, yeah. that's, that's how I like it. And I think that's your, your greatest chance at earning 50 K hundred K is to shot, take some of these higher stakes buy-ins, not financial advice, obviously. And you know, you got to ask you like, how bad will it hurt you to loot, to get $0 back? Is that going to put you in financial stress? Well then, Stick to a puppy or a Pomeranian or something like that where it's not going to hurt you financially as much if you lose. Which, which it is an interesting thing because the shot taking stuff, you're more likely to get zero dollars back, but you're also way more likely to get something meaningful. So it's kind of the the lotteries are like you are more likely to get some money back because some of your team, especially with their paying out money to the regular season, you can get. You know, you're going to advance probably 25 of your teams. You get some prizes in the playoffs. It's not going to be zero if you max. I mean, it could be, but it's unlikely to be zero in a max enter situation with like BBM4. But it could easily be zero. You could put, you know, however many entries down in the 555 and you get zero dollars back. That's like a yeah, plausible I, outcome. I will just say like the poker industry, I think, is a little bit of a parallel to best ball more so than DFS. And a lot of people who came up through poker shot took at points. Now that is sur survivorship bias, right? It's like you shot took and you did well. There's also nine other dudes who shot took in and had to go back down in stakes and work their way back up and maybe are out of the game and got a real job. So it's like, I don't know. It was a natural thing for me to shot take. Um, but ask yourself, you know, and like, if you're, if you're, if I don't know, if you just stumbled upon Pat's podcast here and you don't play best ball, probably don't, do not don't fire at the high stakes, yeah. right? Like th yeah. this is a year for you to play in the puppy. Or well, there's lots of great options too, to get your feet wet with stuff. And, and uh, one reason I wanted to talk about some of the DraftKings stuff, the puppy would be on underdog would be a, a good one, but like, you know, there's a, a $9 ones better. Well, I don't like them better necessarily or worse, but it's just like. I'm just kind of oh, 
intrigued by the differences and like a nine, there's a $9 three max that pays out 10 K to first. Um, and that's, that is top two of 12, top two of 12, top one of 12, 30 seat final, um, $500 men for finishing last in the final. That's pretty interesting. It is. And I think we should also mention that like, personally, the drafting experience in underdog is around 200 times more pleasant for me. Than a site it's like so draft, much better than a site like DraftKings so because I am a visual person and I like to see the draft board. I like to know when the dude on the turn took four quarterbacks and I don't want to have to click into each team. So like I literally don't enjoy doing these ten dollar millimakers on DraftKings right now. If it was all I had, I think I would. But because I am doing so, I've done so many drafts at this point. I'm also getting like a little burnt out. At this point, it's like it's okay. I'm gonna have a break, but um, I, I know it's funny, but but the point is like I, I really enjoy the five 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 drafts on DraftKings because it's like a puzzle where like I get up for it and I'm locked yeah, in, yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. like this is you know, and I am I am grinding and doing the work, and I you know go take a nice seat in nature, and it's like let's go. But the ten dollar millimaker where it's like even if I make the finals, it's fourteen hundred people. It's so unlikely. It's like. God, I, I got to get these in because I know I'm plus EV at them, but I don't enjoy doing them. But I don't feel that way about Best Ball Mania 4. I literally enjoy... No, I don't either. Like, like I, I could fire up a TV show with my girlfriend and like do a draft on the side and I'm loving it, right? Like, Or I'm in the hot tub and I'm loving it. And on DraftKings, it's... I personally... If you... And some people like DraftKings. That is wonderful for them. They at least are showing signs of improvement where we can now see our player exposures. Um you can upload the rankings Really, now. really would love that draft board. But, uh, you know, and I'm in four slows right now for the 555. I think it's all I'm going to do. Um, I just want, I just wanted to get some early exposure to the ADPs. But I can't, you know, I, I burnt myself in some drafts because I was hoping, like, the the people were a little bit more plugged in and the ADP was so bad. Or I'm like, okay, I, this, like, I can get that guy later. And then I realized that these dudes are like drafting, drafting off someone's either your ranks or ETR's ranks or something. And they weren't sticking with like the insight, the in app, which is like some player, sometimes players do and sometimes they don't. And it's a gamble in a given room. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's uh, go to, all right. If you're going to draft at all on DraftKings, let's dive a little bit more into like what some of the differences are on the site. We talked about quarterback. Uh, I'm kind of with you that the elite quarterbacks are actually kind of more interesting on DraftKings in that room because all the quarterbacks are going to go anyway, so you might as well pay up. And you um, can rock single Josh Allen. You 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 know, like you could if like if you had to, you could do that. That could win. I didn't need a second quarterback to win uh, two best ball tournaments, right? Like yeah, yeah. I, I would have advanced. I would have advanced out of like it was just the elite guys carrying me there. Like literally I had Justin Fields that with Josh Allen one year and and he was a zero the whole year. Yeah, that is interesting. And certainly the quarterback prices, because like that's one thing with DraftKings I've noticed is like you you get that kind of Stafford tier on underdog where it's like, well, I can always come back and get Jordan Love and Stafford. Like, no, no, no. Those guys are going earlier than you feel comfortable taking them as well. So like when you're like, I really need a a third or fourth running back here. Like I pushed it. I need to make sure I'm not locked out of running back. That's when those quarterbacks get snapped up. So 
that's that's probably like one of the biggest differences. Um, one thing though, it's kind of interesting with DraftKings. So I'm kind of of the mindset that the underdog ADP, although it's like maybe a little bit bananas for people who aren't used to wide receiver heavy draft rooms, it is hard to counter that wide receiver heavy room on underdog. Like to some extent, you have to go with the market. You can't you just can't zig. It. Yeah, you can't zig, which I actually think makes it more efficient if you're if it sort of forces at a certain point if it forces everyone's hands they can't counter you with a contrarian strategy then it, i think it means it's efficient to some degree at least not perfectly efficient but on DraftKings, it isn't that way as much and as a result i sometimes find myself breaking ties toward the running back on DraftKings because i'm like i'll find wide receiver value in this room later and again, it's the, we moved from a half PPR to a PPR site, and I'm breaking ties toward running back. It's a little counterintuitive. But running, some, I mean, like the the top running backs also are more valuable on PPR sites, right? Like CMC is better on a full PPR site, you know. So it's probably Jameer Gibbs. Um, so I, it's different year to year. What I'm feeling right now is the top, like you know, other than the fact that like. I don't know, Garrett Wilson and Jalen Waddle are swapped with some dudes in the second round. The, the The first three rounds are like pretty normal, but really where the guys are more expensive is like Joe Mixon and Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Swift. Like these guys are all more expensive. And to me, they're like, they're guys I also don't really love drafting anyway. So I'm like, ugh, you know? Right. Uh, and like, like JSN is like way more cheaper. So like o- Odell for some reason is like the love of DraftKings. I don't understand this. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like in the 80s. I'm like, okay, I just won't end up with any Odell on DraftKings. Like that's okay because I view my portfolio across all the sites a little bit, and I'm okay getting my exposure on different sites based on cost. Now that's not the perfect way to think about. It, I think a best well because if a guy can hit a ceiling in week 17, really for playoff format weeks, you should just get that guy and don't care about the cost. And, but I think what you said makes sense. Like, and I think I've been bad on DraftKings some years because I've fought the the thing with the running back. Like, maybe I'll take like one hero running back, and then I'll just end up with like seven handcuffs. And mm-hmm. some years that's actually going to be the nuts. Like some years, Josh Jacobs gets hurt, and Ramondre gets hurt, and Tony Pollard gets hurt, and I have all these guys, and people are like, "Where the fuck did this team come from?" But most years, I have a bunch of zeros, and like whoever I took up top, right? And but yeah. I have all this wide receiver firepower, I have all this quarterback firepower, hopefully tight end firepower. Um, I, I, I would lie if I said I was like super plugged into the DraftKings ADP right now, just because I'm up at around like 50 best ball manias and like 10 DraftKings, which I did eight of those on the first day. So I, I'm in the 555 slows, so I'm like feeling it, but I don't really like ADP shifting a lot of like the, the late guys are wildly priced differently where um, it, it just be, it, it would be interesting to, I would guess underdog is more like if we come out here and touted a player, like if I shouted from my lungs that like, I don't know, Devin Singletary was the best pick in best ball. He could jump around on underdog. I don't think that happens on DraftKings. So it's like, no, it is, no, no. It, it yeah. is interesting to see which site is more tout dependent. Or at least more, uh interested in what we have to say <laughs> well that's what, do, that's what i mean by that like well but i mean i think i wonder if draft King, if there's people could probably move the DraftKings market but it just wouldn't be you and me 
Um, well, I, I don't. I literally don't know who in the fantasy space could, um, like yeah. Matthew Barry, maybe. But like, it, I, I don't know who these DraftKings drafters are. Like, are these frat bros? Are these uh, plugged in? We might guys? need to do. We might need to bring Fantasyland back, and Pete and I can investigate who's drafting on DraftKings because it is yeah, a mystery let, to me. Like, yeah, because there's. <laughs> Turn on a webcam. Let, let's see inside these houses. <laughs> well, let, you, you kind of mentioned something there I thought was interesting. Managing your exposure across the different sites. Like how much... Oh, and yeah, you don't want to go, go completely nuts with that, but I think it is an interesting idea. How much of that are you are you thinking about? Like this guy is priced much more cheaply on DraftKings or he's a better fit for the, the format or what have you. Like, how comfortable are you being like, I'm basically fading this guy on underdog, but I'm, I'm getting to a, an overall level of portfolio exposure because I'm drafting him on DraftKings or drafters or whatever. That's changed over time for me because, you know, like I'm like Cooper cup, the year he broke out, like really broke out for best ball mania two. I was drafting him more on DraftKings because it was like slot guy, probably better on PPR site. And it's like, Oh no, actually the NFL kind of changed. And like these slot, you know, engines of the offense are a thing. And I missed out on this like legendary season, but whereas like a guy like Cole Beasley, like that type of slot dude, who's like not Cooper cup. It's like, why are you drafting? Hunter Renfro. Yeah. Why are you drafting? Yeah. But I don't know. Hunter Renfro had a 200 point season on underdog. That's like, true. Like I don't, the Hunter Renfro enigma, I don't even know how to handle with Jacoby Myers there and the tight end competing, but uh, that changes over time for me. And I mostly like if I think a player is really bad priced on DraftKings, I'm just like easy fade for me. But um, if I like the player and I just don't love that he's more expensive and I don't think he's gonna get cheaper, I'm gonna still take him some because it doesn't matter what I think the cost should be of the player. If I like the player, I like the player for a reason, and you know, I, I don't know. It's just like I'm reevaluating like. Like the, I think the the risers are interesting too. You know, like the like the Ramondres who climb rounds mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. the Daryl Hendersons who climb rounds and like a Daryl Henderson was a fade for me. I also faded kind of Ramondre once he climbed, and it's like mm, maybe he climbed for a reason, right? So it's right. like it's that hard balance of like, are there super teams with this guy already versus maybe they just had. Like, like Chase Brown could be out of thought by August, right? Like, there's a lot of guys being drafted right now that we just kind of decide are, like, handcuffed who right. the NFL may not. Yes. Yeah, that, that that's definitely true. One thing I noticed last year is that, like, and this, I think, Sky Moore was, was probably the guy I was doing it with the most, but he rose a ton on underdog. And <laughs> then the that wrong ro- site, right? <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're all looking for the guys that did this. And, uh... Then he did not rise as much on DraftKings. And that's maybe one thing I do want to think about more this year is like, hey, if you're going to eat it real hard on a rookie wide receiver, at least have it be at really good prices. So, you know, you got you got the double digit round Sky Moore when it was available on Underdog. Then it stopped being available. And you went and got more of Sky Moore on DraftKings where it was still available. That's fine. Uh, what I did where I just was like taking him still in the single digit rounds, not as, not as great, you know, I, I so. did get my exposure on DraftKings with him because just because like, 
like him and I can't really remember who else. Like there's some like really outrageously priced players on DraftKings, I thought. Um but yeah, like like he he was a guy who was like this this is a clear ship chasing uh supercharged player, right? Like that that's just what it was. It was like it was the fate of like you liking the name and then landed on I like I like the player too, not just the, the you like the player, the the name Pete liked the name, who knows whatever. But the point is people were just like rocket ship let's go and it's like yeah yeah and it, and meanwhile they were like oh that's who it was christian watson they were like it was like the toy story meme like i don't want to play with you anymore uh-huh. uh and i was like i was getting all of the christian watson on DraftKings. um another guy was Brees hall who for whatever reason was just like a sixth round pick and i was they don't like, like him this year either i got him in the late third well, yeah. that I think is different than him being a sixth. But people were afraid of Michael Carter, and they were like, "Ooh, can't can't trap Brees Hall. Like it could be the Michael Carter show." And it's like, yeah, no, it was not the Michael. Carter I, I think show. that's probably if you think about it. Like, there's a different like style of drafter that is more common on on uh, DraftKings than underdog. You know. Um, or, you know, another way of saying is that like the group think on underdog is out of control and there's some, some, some free thinkers on DraftKings. Well, those free thinkers aren't going to like, uh, you know, probably the hyped rookies, right? Jameer Gibbs maybe will be, although he he is not that cheap now, but it's hard to say how they view rookies, because like, I could see them being like, like if, if they played for the right team in college and like we're on TV enough. Like uh-huh. these guys probably uh-huh. watched, like, I don't watch college ball. These guys actually probably like, wa- they're like, no, I saw what he did against North Dakota state. Like this dude is going to ball in the NFL. <laughs> right. Like there's a yeah. lot of people. And some of them are m- maybe talent scouts for all I know, you know, like, but two guys that come to mind this year for me are uh, Marvin Mims, who I think will be a big riser on underdog uh, and might not be a big riser on DraftKings, or at least rise slower and, peak later uh and then Jaden reed is buried on DraftKings right now absolutely buried and i think you're gonna see him move up i'm not a big like Jaden reed prospects guy but like not terrible and he also uh did get drafted in the second rounds and could be an, an a start he should be a starter right away in the slot and probably has a pretty good chance of of displacing romeo dobbs in two wide receiver sets to close the year yeah, and that – sorry, go ahead. Their number one wide receiver is a downfield threat who's not going to draw targets at a super high rate, and their tight end is going to be a rookie. We don't even know which one yet, but, you know, there's underneath targets. Could be pretty good for Jaden Reed. So if he – and again, he is like really cheap on DraftKings right now, even though he's still not all that expensive on underdog. I, I just think he's going to be probably a riser on underdog as like a correlation, a stack type of guy. So those would probably be my early nominees for dudes you're getting like three rounds later on DraftKings by August. Yeah, Reed's a guy I talked with when we when you, me, and Herzig had that show. I said like Romeo Dubs kind of sucks, and I could view Reed as the two. But then a, a report came out that Romeo Dobbs could be I, I I don't know. But anyways, the point is uh, what you said remains consistent year to year where these types of rookies who maybe start getting some buzz on underdog usually don't rise that much on DraftKings. And really when you think about it, it should be a little bit opposite. Probably like if Jaden Reed is a slot guy, 
It's probably a better pick on DraftKings than underdog. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like I'm a uh, like I can't get that Christian Watson slant out of my head. Like maybe he's gonna get some slot too. Like he's not he's not just like go routes down the field. It w- it's also like hit him ten yards and let him go be, you know, let him go Jamar chase it. Like that's true. Yeah. Um, but hey, if he's in the slot, that means two guys are on the outside, and it's probably Dobbs and Reed. So as long as Reed's out there, you know what I mean? As long as he's out yeah, there. I, I think he's a great pick. It's a second round pick, a very uh Romeo Dobbs, a mid pick, not that not not a great rookie year. Maybe he has a you know a great sophomore year. I don't know. But um the Mims one is interesting too. I think we should always draft wide receivers, they get draft capital, but it's like I think the you know I made a video on like trade candidates. I think the Broncos are definitely in contention to be sellers at the trade deadline. Like, couldn't you see Cortland Sutton going yes. to be a giant because the Giants are like, you know what, the seven slot wide receiver team isn't working it. Like, let's let's give them a slot. Let's get an outside guy. Yeah, they don't want they don't want him. Um, or you know, like the the Chiefs, uh, not the Chiefs, but it's the Broncos to the Chiefs, but. I don't know. The, the The point is like Mims doesn't even have to like go take the job of Sutton. He could benefit from, from trades too. Also, they'll play a lot of three wide and, you know, Judy's probably in the slot and, and Mims is kind of a natural Z. And Jaden Reed could benefit from a trade too. Cause I could, if the Packers are, if they're like, Oh no, Jordan love is like, eh, like we need to get a new guy next year. I could see Aaron Jones being shipped out of town, which less target competition for Reed, you know? Yeah. Like Aaron Jones um, back to the Jets. Let, let's go. Wait. Oh, because of Rogers. Um, God, please. No, my Brees, my, my Brees Hall bags are already pretty big. Uh, let's go a little later. Let's talk the last rounds. Cause there's, there's two extra rounds in DraftKings. you know, which I love, I, I love the 20 rounds for comfort, but everyone loves them. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I kind of prefer them as well, but there's sort of like, I would say maybe three schools of thought here. One would be like, you know, money under the mattress, take your third quarterback, take your third tight end, right? You could, it's like, let's not, let's not lose. Let's make sure we advance. That's not me. That's not me. Usually. No, no. That, yeah. <laughs> That's why I framed it that way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the second would be, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to maybe take guys who I think have, jobs like i want guys who are going to contribute to my roster i'm trying to avoid dead roster spots you know i'm not gonna they're gonna be skilled players but i'm gonna go with guys like uh you know a a tutu atwell or whatever where i think like you're you're like on a a deal where you're not getting cut you're probably you have a, a clean path to seeing routes you know and uh or like or you're a tight end whatever it is but you're going to have some kind of role in the offense, and I'm hoping you happen to kind of bank a, a really good week in one of the playoffs weeks. And I'm just trying to get as many live players on my roster as possible for that. Um, and then the third would be I'm trying to find leverage, and I want guys who the rest of the field is in drafting. And I feel like that's what I've heard you talk the most about. But I, I'm kind of interested in bucket two. I kind of like the idea of just trying to make sure all my roster spots are live. Okay, but that's the Tutu Atwell is the same thesis as guys not being drafted. Like Tutu Atwell is not going in 100 percent of drafts. Uh, okay, well, all right, maybe he was. Maybe he was the best of both worlds. It, well, that but, that's the point of the guys who like the 
You're not taking guys who aren't drafted. Like you're not taking uh, Antonio Brown. Like that's something I'm not doing. Like trying to predict Antonio Brown returning to the good graces of the NFL. I'm just taking like the handcuff running back. The field is not, or the tight end. The field is not. That's going to start. Like like it, some examples. Kate Otten. Kate Otten's going to be a starting tight end. Showed something his rookie year. Uh, not being drafted, high leverage position, boom, right there. Like you're getting a guy, the field's not drafting. Is it likely he's the piece you need? No, but Godwin could be traded. There, and there are a lot of guys like this, right? Uh, Jalen Warren came out of nowhere last year, mm-hmm. undrafted free agent, right? These are like August depth charts. And so it, it's a mix for me. It really depends. When I notice that there's four auto drafters and a bunch of teams have four QBs, maybe I do get that third quarterback where it's just like, I need points, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. my team is so good. I just need points. Same with tight end. Um, sometimes we do some weirder roster constructions with the 20 rounds too, like four tight ends, a lot more viable for late, um, especially if they're not being drafted. So there, and there's a lot of like second round, third round, fourth round rookies from this year's draft class and last year's draft class who don't go drafted at all. And are going to be on teams like Hassan Haskins. Could it be him instead of Tajay Spears? Absolutely. Could Derrick Henry be traded? And it's now him and Spears? Absolutely. Like fourth round pick last year, whatever. So there's a lot of ways to go. I think a big mistake is just to like go off ADP and always draft that. But at the same time, the ADP is going to change. So whoever you're taking the 20th round right now by ADP, that guy could go undrafted come August. So what are you going? So, I mean, Haskins is pretty, that's a pretty risky uh, selection. If you are just trying to avoid dead roster spots. Um, it's a, so it does seem it, like you're willing to wade into that, that risky territory. He's in the NFL. Like I, I know Hassan Haskins is playing the NFL next year and not being on the street. That's what I know. Right. Like I, I feel what good about like about a Corey that. Davis. Who's like, a absolutely. Solid, okay. You're in on that. In on a that. Jarvis Landry who hasn't signed yet. No, the, a, don't feel like the ceiling's there. Like, we're always more likely to do this with a handcuff running back, right? Like, I had probably one of the only shares of Deion Jackson last year. Why? Because uh, Jonathan Taylor's backup was not getting drafted, and I looked on the depth chart in August, and who was it? It was Deion Jackson. And, you know, Deion Jackson actually spiked somewhat. You know, like, he, he had some weeks, and I was the only one who had him, so... Yeah, the the bet's thin, but you can get some major wins with these late round guys. If if you hit on like J- the James Robinsons of the world, when um, but he's not drafted by the field, it's like damn, like you got a fifteen to twenty point per game running back who just has like opportunity that's not getting drafted. Like y- you could just like bull rush to the finals, you know, like make it real easy to get there. This is one area where I might start to think about the final size a little bit, where if I'm doing the $10, I think I, and this might be counterintuitive, but I think I'm less inclined to, to search for those guys. If, because I'm like, I, because losing a roster spot hurts. I need to take down a a thousand spot final 1400 team final, not like getting something out of my 20th round pick anything is massive so maybe like i'm hitting i'm just going to try to hit like consecutive singles in those late rounds whereas 
if I don't need the 20th round pick so much because the, there's only 30 teams in the final or 10 teams in the final, then what I really want to hunt for is like a dude who is powering me to the final, powering me, you know, to a very strong week and then like lowering what I need from the rest of my team in that final week. Um, and going for a bigger swing, even uh, going for a bigger swing when the final size decreases. Does that, does that make sense? It's hard <laughs> to think through. It, it's hard to think through. And, and I'll give the, I won the five, five, five last year because I added uh Trey McBride who largely going undrafted. I thought the upside was it's a team that utilizes the tight end in the Cardinals. Zach Ertz is old. So like if he gets hurt, this is a highly drafted guy. Like the upside case was there. And I think you should be searching for the upside case with these later round selections. On underdog, it's like easy. It's like just stop taking the 18th round and 17th round guys and take the 19th and 20th round dudes. And because people just have to realize that the, the market just chooses who should be drafted and, and decide some spots are not worth it. And like the, the, I don't view it as like one is like way more thin. Like, like Chase Brown is thin, right? Like He's so are thin. yeah. So are like all any handcuff that we don't know for a fact is the two. Tajay Spears is thin, right? Like Tank Bigsby, I think is less thin. I feel comfortable. He's the two. Um, I don't think Spears is that thin, although I think he's thinner. He's a lot thinner than Tank because they drafted a guy last year. And uh, the knee problem, obviously, but and and the team is worse. But like, Tank help is him. He's a pass catcher. Tank's competing with like you know has beens in the NFL, like guys who've never really done it before. As right, the two, right. I know I agree. I think Tank is is definitely safer. One thing I guess I, I should kind of back up and talk about is like, as I'm drafting in May, based on Leone's research and his Best Ball Manifesto, like one of the big negatives from drafting in May is that you're going to land on a bunch of dead roster spots. And those teams are not going to be very live or live at all to finish first in this, this tournament, and, and, you know, in best ball mania or whatever. So <clears throat> it, I want to try to avoid that. Now I don't want to go crazy because one of the big advantages is that you're going to be able to hit on huge ADP values. But my thinking is like a lot of those ADP values are going to be guys who we know have jobs but we didn't know how big their job was actually going to be. We're talking about like running backs drafted between rounds eight and 12, or maybe a little later than that, but they're not like, I mean, certainly there will be huge ADP risers that are guys who are currently not being drafted or being drafted in the very last rounds that will happen, but finding them while having already found a bunch of guys who you needed is going to be, very difficult. And I don't know that I want to spend my bullets that way. Like, it, you know, I kind of want to play it maybe a little safer. Like one thing I've done is I've gone, I've, I've made sure I get my fifth running back a little earlier and then I'll take widers. I'll take Quez Watkins who I've, who I'm pairing with uh, Jalen hurts. Quez Watkins has a job and he's on a really good offense. Quez Watkins could be the fourth though. Like, and, and, like, I think we like think about your 18th round guy is like, you're looking for like three 20 point weeks. Like, uh, I don't well, know. I saw Twitter. That's amazing. That's, that's amazing. Ama that's amazing. But like, that's 60 points over the course of the year. And, and assume every other week he's giving you zero. Right. So, um, 
I understand what you're saying where like with the uncertainty of these like handcuffs, maybe we lock down the guys we know have like roles in the NFL. And I do that somewhat too, but also I'm okay gambling some of my entries. And I think like you and me both like to get fall in love with like the flavor of the week at the, at the end round. And like, I think you should, you should do that. Like, so like some, sometimes I'm taking Luke Schumacher who it's like, maybe he's the tight end in Dallas Right, like huge upside if that's true, and not this Jake Ferguson guy. Or maybe sometimes I take Jake Ferguson. It's like I'm directly leveraging myself, but I know half those teams, whatever, I got a zero on them. The other half of the teams is like I got the starting tight end of the Cowboys, right? Like, or um, I, like, and I'm okay just like trying to take names out of flavor that like just mm-hmm. just dudes that were drafted last year, like the like the Hassan Haskins of the NFL. Dontre Hilliard still in the NFL. He was the pass catching guy. He's a guy. I don't think he is. I don't think he's. A, I don't think he's signed. I think he's still a tight end, but I'm not sure. No, he's uh, not. But the point. He was a guy. I him and Tyler Conklin were like dudes. I had like a hundred percent on DraftKings last year because mm-hmm. you could get them in the. They were just like my 19th and 20th round guys. I thought they made sense. I thought they had upside. Um, they were in an uncertain situation, and I mean the Dontre Hilliard pick was real good until he got hurt. Actually, but he was like. And I was like, damn, I'm the only one who has this guy. So I, I don't know. But Quez Watkins is the same thing where it's like, it's just that wide receiver. And and the Quez Watkins bet is not as much upside in theory, right? Like It's no, not. It's not. There, yeah. Quez Watkins is never giving us a 200-point season. But you're what you're really hunting for is just an individual spike week landing in the playoffs. And so it's different different bets, right? Exactly. And I guess what I'm, what I'm thinking, like I'm – I have drafted a fair amount of Leonard Fournette. Uh, I, I've drafted Zeke. You know, so like those guys could rise a lot in value depending on where they land. Um, I don't think they should, but they could. They they could they rise. They probably a lot. shouldn't. Yeah, they're like it, they're like Julio from last. They're year. like it's Julio. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're exactly like Julio. Um, but you know, I and I think it's like probably a pretty reasonable bet that they will. Um, there's also other running backs. You know, in those kind of a little earlier that I think could rise a lot in value. Um, and I'm trying to be on those guys, but I guess I'm like a little bit hesitant as we sit in May to think that I can have a high enough hit rate on like the, like does Dwayne McBride have value? He, he's one that's actually a little bit interesting to me. Cause I'm like, we know cooks like very likely to be traded. Dwayne McBride's a pretty interesting prospect. He's now, a guy who's 100% in like in August. Like he could be on 100% of August drafts. That like that would not surprise me at all. And he's on 0% of May drafts and so yeah, he's still getting drafted, but those August drafts don't have the same overall team as you. So it's like getting ahead of that is is a lot of value. Um obviously but it's so better the, if he If I'm going to take Dwayne McBride to me, like the perfect spot to do it would be that DK five five five, because it's not that big of a final. So, like, if I burn a twentieth round roster spot, so what? But it's also a super top heavy payout. So, like, if I get twenty five points from Dwayne McBride and no one else has him, okay, okay, you know. Could I be, mean, so- but the, but the same thing works for Best Ball Mania four. Like, if Dwayne McBride, you have the sole Dwayne McBride team, which, by the way, guys. Like underdog releases the count of players, and like ha- I had one of two Jeff Driscoll teams last year. Like that felt good. <laughs> he was a tight end, right? He was a tight end on. He was a tight underdog. end, and he got to play quarterback. And I was like, damn, I got Taysom Hill, but I'm the only one. 
and he's and he's with Travis Kelsey. Like I was like, this could <laughs> be amazing. three million. This could be two million dollars. But you know, there's no reason why Dorian McBride can't be the sole. You have the sole share of him in the Best Ball Mania Finals, and you're shipping three mil. But you only have 18 rounds, and there's no reason that you can't get there. But you you know you have less I mean, bullets. I think it's a bigger final. You need to probably like wasting one of those picks is is a terrible thing to do you fighting this i think is a case for how strong because you you know you know that the hit rate between a 16 17 18 19 20 round players are similar you also have spoken about how you view it through an auction lens these are one dollar picks picks these are one dollar picks yeah shouldn't your one dollar picks be drafted by literally no one else in a four hundred thousand person and you're and you you are still so anchored to ADP and so is the market even myself I don't I don't for every pick I don't do this sometimes I take Jerome Ford who goes drafted in probably like right eighty percent right. of drafts right but uh you don't want to do this right like I can I like you well don't want it's not to that, eat I, that zero it's not well I don't it want doesn't to eat the zero. feel it doesn't feel good but it's not and the research has, has shown that it's not good to eat the zeros. You don't want it, that it really does hurt your team's odds of finishing first in like, I a don't think a dead 18th round, like I don't agree that a dead 18th round pick hurts you because a, that's so dependent on the year B. I think a it, couple hurt you. I think if you, if you didn't, if you had like one live pick out of like 14 to 18, I think that would really hurt you. But we know it's the top 10 picks that really matters for any best ball draft and you're just sprinkling in stuff here and there to advance but i think i think that there's usually guys in the final rounds that do hit and you want to be you want to be on those guys they, they matter it uh it depends on the year right like some year the markets get markets just going to be better and i even if a guy hits it's like you still always have the leverage out that the guy doesn't need to play until week 17 you know, he could be a zero all year and he could just be your $3 million hammer. I agree with that. I agree with that. And so I, I don't know. It's like I'm more willing to gamble on those late picks because I don't agree. If if common sentiment is that we can't have, have any zeros on our team, I don't agree with that. I don't think we can have any zeros. I'm just saying we're going to have some zeros because it's May. And so I'm just trying to like – like a, to me, if I've got a Jalen Hurts team and I'm in – drafting a best ball mania team i i'm like quez watkins just is kind of a no-brainer to me because i'm what like about it's correlated. Uh, is uh is he gonna take the job is that what you're saying he's gonna uh he's probably my favorite to be the three there where right, it's like well, then this is gonna really hurt i'm gonna take a zero i'm gonna, I'm well, gonna that's play what I'm and take a zero you feel like the quez bet is different this year last year it was a great bet to me because it's like he is the three this year, it's either him or Zacchaeus. And so now you're gambling on a spot that's like really not that worthy if you hit unless A.J. Brown or Devonta Smith and Goddard get hurt. And you don't know who it is, right? And it's like, and Zacchaeus has like done more in the NFL than uh, Quez. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, I think Watkins, you know, the fact that he's been there, but that's a great point. I mean, it is sort of one of the things that's, tough to remember is that we like we're probably overconfident about like everything right now everything yeah like like Gabe Davis it would not shock me like I'm drafting a lot of Gabe Davis but it would it would really not shock me at all, all if like Justin Shorter was like 
I don't know, just had the camp of his life and it like and passed him on the depth chart. That shit happens in the NFL, right? Like, or if Kincaid is just like like there's so many spots like that. Like, like, you know, there's spots like Jamar Chase, unquestionably, he's gonna be the one. There's spots we feel real good about, but we are overconfident about a lot of things. Um and I don't I don't know. It's a it's an interesting topic to talk through. Well, let me ask you this. Let, let me see if you're really committed to this idea. Sure. Drafting Ronald Jones. I have not drafted a lot of Ronald Jones, but it's a it's Come a bi- the guy who's drafting everybody won't draft it's Ronald a, Jones. I've drafted Deuce Vaughn. It's a bias thing for me where I <laughs> have been burnt. Like last year I had like the most Ronald Jones of everyone probably. And like everyone has their biases and it's like, you know what? If I know Ronald's the two, I'll come back to it later. I can get my exposure, but let's take the dude who like dad's on the team. And I don't know. I know he's small and it's like, but like, I don't think, but like, seriously, I don't think the Cowboys RB two is that great of a gamble because there are three dudes who it could be. Right. And that's not the case. Right. There's, yeah. That's not the case for every NFL team. Some teams, it's like, no, this is clearly the two. Or this is, like, I don't want to, like, give away all my favorite guys. But, like, there's some teams where it's like the running back, back gets drafted highly, and I'm real confident who the two is. And I don't feel that way about the Cowboys. Give us one more. Come on. Zamir White is the guy. It's like, <laughs> this dude is the two, right? So if Josh Jacobs, a dude coming off of – historical usage gets hurt. Zamir White is like a, a 10.0 Raz guy. Uh, yeah. And we know the team likes to use the bell cow. Yeah, I'm sure they have like Abdullah and Co. there. Right. They've, like, they've got to, it, it would devolve into a committee, but he would lead the early downs, I think. It, and has the potential, like if anyone's going to do what Jacobs did, it's him. The other guys can't do that. Could, could he just suck? Sure. But it's like, I don't know. I'll bet, I'll bet on the year two you know they didn't add anyone could could they sign Fournette? Th- this year is just different because of the presence of Fournette and hunt and zeke too on the market i feel i agree one reason i was drafting a ton of jalen warren and chuba hubbard and still and still am actually is that i think those guys are not only clear twos but are like protected by the backs in front of them that's one yeah. thing to think about too like are the steelers signing Fournette, hunt or zeke no no. no, are the Panthers? No, so it's like not even just that they're clear twos, but they're but they're, obviously those guys get drafted. But Jerome Ford, uh, who you mentioned, is maybe like a not imaginative pick. I think he's actually a pretty good pick because he's in he's a great situation. But he could get he could totally get hunted, most likely. Uh, you think they bring Hunt back? I think they're done with him. I think any team could bring a guy back. So like that. Yeah, that's okay. just like I don't know. Bobby Wagner went back to the Seahawks. Um, you know, like. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but fair. you know, th- I think what you said was a great point where it's like Chuba is a guy I feel good enough is the two that I probably am not taking a gamble over him in many drafts. If he's sitting there in uh-huh, the 20th, uh-huh. which he, which he yeah. will sometimes like sometimes it's like guys fall for whatever reason. I'm like, is there news on Twitter? And it's just like, yeah. nope, he's just, just falling. That happens more on DraftKings as well. The dudes just fall and fall a lot. Because dudes yeah. are drafting like hometown guys or like dudes. They I think they have some they... weird ass ranks in there. Is what it is. I, I honestly think that's what it is. It was better um, this year to start. I know you got to get out of here in a second, but let me ask you. I'm curious about the uh, 
the Patriots running back. Is that is that a Dallas one to you, or is that let's no. let's take some Kevin Terrace, let's take some Pierre Strong? I'm just betting on Strong personally, but that's another spot I think is a it it's a worse gamble because the offense sucks, right? Like so the potential well, it did for, suck. They have an OC now, uh, but I still just think like Mac Jones could be one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, you know, I could be wrong on that. He could be like a middling Kirk Cousins, but he, he, he gives me so low hope. And so does like their wideout core and their schedule so hard and the division so hard where it's like, if I had to choose a team to score like 10 points, which is just hard to score fantasy points. If your team doesn't score touchdowns, it's like, it's, it's that spot. Plus they get the bills in week 17. That's a, probably a terrible matchup if the bills are clicking. And so I do gamble on that spot because I like Ramondre a lot, but we're not thrilled on gambling on that offense. So it's like, I would rather have like the Raiders were a top 12 offense last year. They'll probably be like 16 or so. It's like, that's the spot I'd probably rather gamble on. Right. It's like, why are we drafting three saints running backs? You know, like, Hmm. like that's something the market's doing. It's like, it's like, we're going to draft Jamal and Kendrick Miller and Alvin Kamara. What other team are we drafting three running backs from consistently? Now we're doing that because one or two of those guys is going to hit, but uh, you know that that just shows you that's just what the market's doing. One of the couple of those guys got to suck, right? Like they yeah. can't all it can't all be roses for a team. Well, and there's a suspension coming, so we we think okay, it's really two because it's Kendry versus Jamal for those early weeks. You know who who you wanted, um, but the answer could be like none of these guys was. Was that great? Although the Saints have used their they all running get backs, and, yeah, they all get Taysomed, which is a real no. But that, that's a serious like concern. Like yeah. Taysom is on like competing with these dudes for touchdowns, maybe. Yeah. All right, we gotta we gotta wrap this up. This was fun. Um, I'll see you in the DraftKings streets, Liam. Tell the people what you got going on. Uh, just Liam Murphy on YouTube. I do streams daily, but yeah, this was this was fun, Pat. I enjoy talking about this with you. Um, we'll definitely have to pick it back up another time because I don't, it's, it's not like a solved discussion and like people are going to be listening to this and disagree. People, some people, this is going to be epiphany for like these, what the fuck these dudes talked about Hassan Haskins and Pierre strong. And like, I wish and, we left more time for the 20th round discussion. Cause I, that, that that's, I think the most interesting part of what yeah. we agreed. And I think I like my gambles there and you know, uh, w- this isn't like deep stuff. It's just, it's just people don't do a lot of work and it's like simply pulling up an ESPN depth chart. And I got, I got one for you. This is a gross, okay. gross offense. Keyshawn Vaughn. Too gross or not gross enough on the bucks on the bucks because Sean Tucker is kind of being treated as like the number two He's undrafted and chase Edmonds. That's, that's another one where it's like, that's not the gamble. I'd, I'd like, like, how about, how about, <laughs> I mean, this is not rocket science, but here's what I do. I don't do this, Liam. Maybe this is why I take quiz, so I don't have to. Well, this is out. how I do it. Which running backs are going in the first and second round? And which of those running backs do we not draft the backups of? Those are good spots to gamble on, right? Yep. Saquon, Eckler, JT, right? Like these are all running backs, first, second round. Yeah. Um, that we're not drafting the backups of. And like two years ago, the some of these backups were like 10th round picks. Like they were, they were like Alexander Madison priced, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. So it's like the downside, like the downside on Josh Kelly is big. We don't, it could be Spiller. That one's a little bit more muddled. Right. Um, 
But I'd say they're all a little muddled. Eric Gray is kind of interesting in the Giants. Maybe that's not. Super I've drafted muddled. some Eric Gray. I've drafted some Hull. I've drafted. I draft a I lot. Think, yeah. And you know, I don't love touting every super because you can't talk about every dude you're not that's not going drafted because then they go drafted. But at the same time, it's hard for them to because like the the Bengals, Travion Williams, like I don't know, uh, Naheem Himes could like could like maybe he was a trade deadline guy maybe he gets more in the offense this year you know uh anyways i, I, knew, I knew you'd tout a bill eventually <laughs> we, we, we couldn't we couldn't leave it without you touting a bill <laughs> thanks so much for having me pat uh i'll see you i'll see you in these streets i got i gotta get going though all right thanks liam we'll, we'll see you guys all later